RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Hello, hello. This is, uh, my name is Lindsay Slocum, and this is our Closing the Distance podcast, and we're going to do something a little bit special today. Typically, we have someone interview the preaching pastor from the, the previous Sunday, um, but we thought that that we had something really important that we wanted to make sure we spent some time doing, and uh, Reverend Scott Weimer led us in worship last Tuesday in our service of healing and wholeness. And it was so phenomenal, so phenomenal. And um, we're just moving into such a really difficult time uh, when it comes to grief and the holidays. And so we thought we would spend some time today, instead of talking about yesterday's sermon, going back and um, talking a little bit about the healing and wholeness service and that just really beautiful message that you shared with us, Scott. I'm so thankful for your words and your wisdom and just what a it was just such a gorgeous service. Thank you so much for all that. Well, it was a, you know, it was a, uh, it was a, a privilege for me to be a part of it. And I think that, I mean, hopefully, God willing, that the service itself was was really meaningful for people. And it it was it was one of those uh, occasions where the it was about so much more than the message. I mean, the message was a part of it, but it was the way that the, you know, the talented staff here at the church put the service together in such a thoughtful way. And, and so from that standpoint, it was really satisfying for me to be able to uh, be part of a, you know, speaking about a subject that's hard for a lot of us to talk about uh, at a time when, you know, that there's a, a certain expectation that we're especially happy and joyful as we go into Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas. And yet we may not be experiencing that in, in our own hearts and for different reasons. Uh, but, and, and I think, I really believe, Lindsay, that for all of us that, that are coming out of COVID, the losses that we, we all have, whether they were, traumatic losses or the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or uh, uh, that kind of loss we all we've all lost something of yes. of the way we relate to each other of the way we go about our lives and mm-hmm. and so it just seems so appropriate to be able to have a space where we could where we could just be or the prayer was that we could be in the presence of God and 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 be honest about where we are and in our journey and 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 yet 
be, be our focus is on hope and our focus is on uh, regardless of how we may be feeling in terms of uh, uh, feeling uh, grief or we may some of us may dread the holidays uh, especially if there's been a recent grief because mm -hmm. it's just so painful to go through them without you know the people that we love so much and it just doesn't feel the same and and uh but to be able to be at least honest before god about that sure. and to not feel badly about that and and to know that god still loves us and be reminded of that so it was a privilege to be a part of that lindsay i've never really i've never i haven't really been a part of a service like it so mm -hmm. i'm learning myself and yeah so yeah yeah it was so, it, you're right. It was so well done. And um, I, I'm always, you know, when we have services like that, I just am overwhelmed and humbled by this incredible group of people that I get to work with. I mean, it, it really, the service kind of came together and it, the sum was greater than, wait, what is, how what's this saying that it's, it was greater than the sum of its parts or whatever, like all right. of these beautiful pieces kind of came yeah. together and the spirit just, just was working in some really powerful ways. I also, I wanted to say just as a, a much less experienced preacher, but as a fellow preacher, I marveled at the just beautiful way you you shared your own vulnerabilities, um, but not in a way, it, it was so masterfully done. You, you shared your vulnerability and your story in a way that invited people in to, to share their grief. So like it, it, it wasn't, it's just, I guess what I'm saying is it can be really hard sometimes as a, a speaker or a preacher to share your grief and not kind of overtake the room with it. You know what I mean? But you didn't, that's not what you did. You, you were like, here's what's going on. And so what, so this means you, I'm inviting all of us to share it in this time of grief together, not necessarily your own grief, but inviting people to share their griefs that you all could kind of be in that space together. It was, it was so beautifully done. And, and I thought just extended this really deep, meaningful invitation to everybody in the room to kind of also express that vulnerability or to sit mm -hmm. in, into their own vulnerability. It, it was beautiful, Scott. I, I was trying to just take notes about the really incredible way that you, you did that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Tuesday night as well. Oh my God, goodness, Lindsay. I mean, what you're saying to me is, uh, wow, I, I mean, you're so generous. And I was, uh, it was harder than I thought it would be because I haven't, mm. I haven't done it. I haven't done this before. And I, I've spoken in different settings where I've shared some of our story and, and, and tried to open, you know, invite other people in and find their own story. Sure. But I hadn't done it the way we did it on Tuesday night. And I wasn't really sure how it went. And, you know, your feedback is just kind of uh, almost overwhelming to me because that, that certainly was the prayer. Uh, mm. And how much of a story to share and is it important to share it? And how do we share it in a way that doesn't just take the air out of the room? And sure. yet others find themselves in it. And I, I really didn't know if that happened. Uh, I, I hoped it happened. I prayed it happened. But for you to articulate that it happened. And, you know, it was interesting, Lindsay, because on Sunday, 
I, um, the, you know, yesterday after church, there were some men that were telling me that, uh, that they had been talking, um, they had been talking all morning about, you know, kind of reflecting on that service from Tuesday night. And that just surprised me. I thought, you know, because sometimes you get feedback in the, in real time about, mm-hmm. about a message. And I just didn't get any feedback in real time. And I mean, I got some, some, but I, you know, uh, so I didn't, I didn't know if it, if it would work. And, uh, but we do the best we can and we lift, we, we pray for the spirit to be present. And yeah. so it's just meaningful for me to hear what you just said, because that's certainly the prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. So thanks for that. that well, no, I, well, thank you. I, I just, um, yeah, I, I'm always trying to figure out what does it look like to kind of walk that line in a way that you're honest and vulnerable and, and but it's still very much about what the spirit is doing and inviting people in and you just, really did that in a beautiful way. I wanted to, there's one sentence that you said that I'm, um, I would love to kind of circle back to, you were talking about after your son died, you said it almost destroyed you. And I, um, I totally caught the word almost in there. I'm wondering after something that's so difficult, what, what, what kept you from being completely destroyed? And when someone's looking at something that is so devastating and traumatic, then what keeps them from, how do we get to keep the word almost in there? You know what I mean? That it just doesn't, doesn't just do you in. Sure. Well, I appreciate that so much. And I I was, uh, I was thinking about, about this on the way in today. And I was, um, I'll turn it back a little in a way to you because I, you know, I, and I've told you that I, that I marvel at, at the way you've handled so much grief in the congregation and you do it in such a, you know, in such a beautiful way. And it's so, it takes so much out of us, even mm-hmm. because other people's grief is often our own grief because we know these people who are going through these really difficult times of suffering and, and death. And we know the families. And I was thinking today that, you know, the fact that when you have children that are at home with you, you, and you have this, and you have a tragic loss, you, you really don't even have the luxury in a way, not luxury, but you, there's no option not to survive, right? Because mm. you have so many people depending on you in, mm-hmm. in the immediate. And, and so from when Justin died, you know, our, our children were living at home. And so there was, there was a lot of time to really, uh, I, I couldn't, we couldn't, I, I couldn't like delay my grief or, uh, and so, and, and I'm I, maybe, most pastors are this way. I would imagine many of us are that, uh, you know, we're empathetic people. That's the way God made us. And so we're, um, we feel deeply. And, and I was used to being with people who were crushed by life and by the losses. And I wasn't, I was just, uh, I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite sure what it was like to be crushed. 
I've had losses in my life, but but not not one that was so crushing. And then, you know, I uh, sometimes when I tell my our story, I uh, there, there is some believe it or not. I mean, there's some humor in it with a distance, because I remember uh, the, the church was so gracious; it gave me some time off. I had several months when I uh, the the church said you just need some time to heal, and and I did. And there's no one way to deal with grief, so. Uh, or this kind of grief or any grief. It's just important not to judge each other or anyone on how we grieve. We grieve differently. For some people, going right back to work could be the very best thing. And Mm -hmm. for me, it would not have been a good thing. And and so I was fortunate because the church extended, you know, grace to me in that that time and said, don't come back too soon. That's not good for you. And don't come back too soon because Jeff Myers is leading – our church and he's so gifted right and so he he became the senior pastor that you have really during that that period of ministering to me and to our congregation and uh and so i I was able to be away but i remember uh there were a couple times when i had um i was driving around atlanta i just was getting out of the house and I, i actually was going somewhere but then i would realize i could have no idea where i was going and it wasn't a matter of losing my memory. It was a matter of just being so disoriented that I had no clue where I was going. I knew where I was, but I just didn't know, now where am I going? What am I doing? And, yeah. and I remember I, the gas station I've gone to for like 15 years on the way home, I had stopped at the gas station one evening and uh, you know I put the nozzle in the tank and went inside and did something. And then I came back out and I got in my car and I just drove away with a nozzle in the tank. And so the, wow. you know, the, the nozzle came out, scraped the side of my car. And I, and I, you know, I thought to myself, gosh, you, you got to get yourself together. Like you got to get yourself together. And, and, uh, but it was, a, I really wasn't together, Lindsay. I mean, I, I just, I tried to go back to the church about a month after Justin died, I went back to be with the elders and the staff one night and tried to lead a devotion and I, I, I couldn't get through it. And uh, I, I, I don't, so how did I get through it? So I have to say that fundamentally, I chose to believe what I professed. I chose mm-hmm. to believe what I've told other people through the years, that mm-hmm. nothing can separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I recited mm-hmm. the creed to myself over and over that, uh, you know, that, that Jesus died and, and descended into hell. And that phrase, although we don't find that phrase per se in the Bible, theologically, it's there. You know, if, separate, if hell is separation from God and the absence of God, then Jesus experienced that on the cross in that moment where he cried out, why have you forsaken me, God? And, and then there's this unusual passage in Peter where uh, Peter talks about Jesus descending into, into the underworld. Remember that? And he's there for preaching to all the saints yeah. who went before and that's mysterious to us. We don't really know how to fit that into the whole picture of 
of clearly how it fits our theology of it, it you, you put all that together and Jesus descended into hell. And we know that he suffered excruciating pain and ultimately this horrific death and, and fell a separation from God. And as strange as it might seem, I, I really did cling to that, that yeah. part of the creed. Yeah. He descended into hell. And so I, I had this belief that, that, not just belief, I knew it. I, I knew it, Lindsay, that, that God had not abandoned me and not abandoned us. And I didn't feel close to God. And, but I knew God was there. And, and then I have to say too that, um, you know, I have friends and family that are so supportive, uh, just so fortunate. And, you know, I had people in touch with me almost every day, by, mostly by text. Mm. And just, you know, I remember one friend in particular who had uh, lost somebody very close to him in his life by, by suicide. And he's another Presbyterian minister. And he wrote me, he texted me. He still texts me to this day, you know, around the, the times of Justin's death and also times of Justin's birthday. And, and he said early on, he said, you know, Scott, there are days when you can't pray and I'll be praying for you. There'll be mm -hmm. days when you can't read the Bible. I think I mentioned this the other night yeah. and I'll be reading the scripture for you. And it was just true. I couldn't, I couldn't read the scripture and yeah. I, I, I couldn't pray. And, and, and so without that kind of support, I, that's the almost, almost destroyed me, Yes. but it was faith and it was people. It was the people uh, in my life. And, and, you know, my wife, Cynthia and I, we, we were really gracious to each other. And, it, you know, a lot of couples, the statistics say a lot of couples don't survive the death of a child. Yeah. And, and the death of a child by suicide is all the more complicating because you sure want to blame somebody and you, yep. and you, and there's no way to avoid beating up yourself and blaming yourself. And, and even if we're dealing with that death by suicide in a way, ultimately that's, that's healthy, that's, that's uh, I mean, that even seems odd to say dealing with it in a way that's healthy. But what I mean is in a way that doesn't just where we don't destroy ourselves and we don't destroy one another. We didn't judge each other in the way we were grieving. And so we grieved differently and we we allowed each other that space to grieve mm -hmm. and differently. And, and we still do uh, because we mm -hmm. still grieve. So uh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that it could be that that's that your soul, that one soul can feel pain mm -hmm. in the way that that I experienced it. And I didn't know that actually your soul could just ache with pain. And I guess I could believe it, but I hadn't experienced it. And uh and so the, it was, two of my closest friends are PhD clinical psychologists. And they tell me that one of the reasons that I've been able to move ahead is because I went, I didn't turn away from the grief and I, I went deep into it. Oh, not, wow. Not, 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 just allowing myself to just utterly grieve and, you know, not self-medicate 
my grief, yep. but, yep. but you know, and it, something that I think, I think people who lose someone really close to them, um, you know, I mentioned this the other night, uh, and I don't think it's just someone who lost a loved one like we did. You know, you, I think we think, do we want to live in a world that doesn't have this person in it? You know, it could be one of our parents, it could be a sibling, it could be a child, it could be a friend. Do we even want to be in this world without that person in it? And and I had never said what I said the other night until I said it. And it mm. I was reflective of when I said, I still don't want to live in that world. Yeah. Where he's not in it, but I will. And right. and I have a lot of reason to. And 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 I and I'm trying to live purposefully. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah. kind of rambling a little bit. No, no. Thanks for sharing all that. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think it's um, just so many people are, are in this place where they're feeling um, that they are being destroyed. And so I, that's why I really wanted to think through, like, what is it that people can hold on to? And so I appreciate you sharing those things that I don't know if, if I don't know in those places, maybe you're not able to hold on to them, but they hold on to you. And, and so I appreciate you sharing that And the, the scriptures that you used just now, even, and on Tuesday, this, you know, this, this the ideas about, well, not like you said, not scripture, but Jesus ascending, descending into hell. And, and then the, though the earth should change and just thinking about how um, these things in our lives happen that are, they're completely it changes the earth that the mountains are crumbling, crumbling. And, and we feel like we too are descending into hell and to know that Jesus knows that feeling. And, and this idea of being surrounded by community that's claiming hope and victory on our behalf, because it's, we just don't have the oxygen to even be able to say that it's so powerful. So I'm thinking for, for people that are listening to this or in our congregation, our communities or whatever, we are headed into a really complicated time, right? This week is Thanksgiving. It's all about family gathering together and um, family gathering together comes with so much uh, complicatedness. Uh, there's parts of that that are lovely and wonderful. And there are parts of it that are deeply traumatic and, um, and grief-ridden. And then it, it kind of kicks off this whole season of everybody celebrating love and togetherness when we know that there's a lot of, of parts of us that just um, are really hurting. And so for people that are kind of facing, I think you said something Tuesday about, you know, especially if this is your first holiday, um, it, the, this, the first ones are especially dreadful. And so for as we head into these holidays, what, what would you say to people who are, are facing their first holiday with a, a significant grief or, or trauma that they're kind of taking into the holidays with them? Well, first of all, I would want to say uh, that some of us know how, how you're feeling. And we know, and we know how, uh, how dreadful it truly is. And I, one of the grace one of the aspects of grace that was extended to us and we extended to ourselves was that uh, if we didn't feel like we participating in what we'd always done before, we didn't. And our family didn't put that expectation on us. So I like that. We, when, and we still to this day in terms of seven years now, but we, we don't try to go back to the way we used to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we, we, uh, we found new ways to do it. We found smaller ways to do it. 
we sometimes we've been with extended family, uh, a fair amount of family at Christmas or Thanksgiving, and and sometimes we just scale that back and say, you, you know, this year I don't think we're gonna we, we're not gonna do that. We just we we can't do that, and particularly in the beginning. Uh, I remember the first Thanksgiving we were with family, and it was just so hard. It was important to be there, but it was just so hard because we had all this extended family, and and Justin has all these cousins, and so they're and they grew up together. They're all you know they share so much joy together, and and they're young adults, and it it was nobody really knew what to say and yeah. i don't know that there's a way around that lindsay you just kind of you move through it you do the best you can but the the next year I, we said we we just need to be just the four of us uh, our surviving children kristen and, and james and cynthia and i and so i say to people be be selfish in terms of doing what you need to do to keep your own if you can't be with people just say if you just please give us the space it's not personal or anything like that it's just that we need we need space or if you're in the family gathering and you've had enough um uh, you know get away mm-hmm. by yourself or, or leave uh, do what you need to do for yourself there's a lot of survival in the in the first time through you're, you're just trying to get through it and and so that's what i would say and i also would say that the people who are around people who are going through the, the grief and the loss, um, give them, I think it's really important for us to give each other space to not be okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, re- I remember there was a woman who she meant well, she just said, I don't know why it took you three months to be away before you came back to church. And, it, and so clearly she didn't understand that or she didn't experience grief in the same way or something. But that, um, you did that, that it's hard to hear, you know, we extend grace. I understand that pe- people just don't know how to respond and people are often uncomfortable with us being uncomfortable. Yeah. So they want us to be better than we might be. And so it's, it's hard, it's balancing because we don't want to be, if we can't really enter into it, then just feel free to step aside and, and give each other grace not to be okay. Yeah. yeah. There was, there, there was one more verse that I just wanted to share before I know our time's up, but um, when you go through grief like this, I think we see parts of scripture that we may not have seen in the same way before. So there's a passage in, in 2 Corinthians where in chapter four, where Paul is writing and, and he talks about, uh, he says these words, he's talking to the whole church. And I'd seen it before, but it didn't make sense to me until I saw what he's until after going through what we went through, and he and he said, "We we, as Christians, we those of us who are Christ followers, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Mm-hmm. These afflictions, we we have been afflicted in every way. We're afflicted all the time by various aspects of of life, but not crushed as people of faith. We are perplexed," he says. We can't explain it, but not driven to despair. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. We can come close, but as people of faith, not driven to despair. And then persecuted, but not forsaken. 
So I would say that when people say something that might feel judgmental because of how we're dealing, not dealing with our grief, that that's a form of persecution, if you will. And but we're not forsaken and we're knocked down, Paul said. We're knocked down, but not destroyed. This is our life, Paul says. There's lots of joy in it, but this just happens to us in the course of life. But then he goes on to say, and so we carry the death of Jesus in our bodies so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. And there's a mystery there that I'll never understand, but I do know that the loss, this, this, this traumatic loss of ours, we carry it in our bodies. We can't deny that it's like, it, it's a Absolutely. part of who we are. So you, it is part of who we are. And, but then the, the life of Jesus is seen in our bodies too, as we survive. And as we, as we once again thrive. And I'll just close in saying this, that, you know, it's been seven years, but I, you've heard me say this, Lindsay, I found a joy in being here with you and in this congregation. I didn't think I could ever have it again. I didn't think it was possible and I can't fully explain it. And so I just receive it. Uh, I just found a joy. Uh, and so I, I want to mm -hmm. share that with people because it's probably, uh, it probably seems impossible that you could ever have joy again. And, and mm -hmm. it may not come soon, but it will come. Joy comes in the morning, the scripture says. God will help you when the morning dawns. And so I, I guess I'd want to leave with that word. Yeah, yeah. Scott, thank you so much for all of this wisdom and vulnerability and uh, faithfulness. And we're just really grateful for you, for you sharing your story and um, inviting others to share theirs as well. I, I don't want us to get off without uh, saying it that there are several resources that the church has as well, if there's anything that we can do for people. So we've got Stephen ministers, if you need someone um, just to, to partner with you and listen to you. Um, we've got, we also have a, a list. We keep a list of various counselors in the area that we can recommend if you think it would be helpful to, to speak with a therapist. Um, obviously a pastor would, would be happy to meet with you anytime. We do grief groups. So there's lots of resources that we have, and we're happy to, to offer those if you are listening to this and those are resources that you think might be helpful to you, please reach out. We're more than happy to, to walk alongside of you um, in, in all sorts of times, too. And Lizzie, well, let's, yeah. sorry to interrupt. In addition to that, with Stephen Ministry, the best thing that we ever read, the best were the, the series of books. So they're short books. They're yeah. brief that Stephen Ministry has, we have them here at the church. Of all the different resources we receive, those Stephen, Stephen Ministry, uh, those short books on grief were the most helpful of anything that we read, the resources. So I just wanted people to be aware of that too. Yeah, no, that's a great word. And we, you're right, we have those and we are happy to get those into the hands of anybody that would find those helpful. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, well, tell us, Tell us before we sign off, Scott, what are you looking forward to this week? What, what, what are you celebrating this week, this Thanksgiving week? Oh, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. Um, so this is one of those years where we, we, we've decided in, in conversation with extended family that we are not going to be ex with extended family this year. We're going to be just the four of us. It'll be a quiet day. It'll be a thoughtful day. It's a better way for us this year 
to, it's not a mournful day. It's not that. It's just that it's a quiet, a really quiet day. We'll do a simple Thanksgiving meal and we will, um, we'll be grateful that for all the love that we have in our lives with, with one another and all of our extended family and, you know, all the people that love us and especially for God's love, but it'll be really quiet. And that feels just right to us. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but that means that we're saying, and our family is so respectful of it. We get that you, it's not that you won't be here for the celebrations that we have that are uh, lively and all of that. And, and that's okay. And yeah. so re really looking forward to, to being a, a quiet day on Thursday. I know that probably sounds really odd. No, no, I... No, there. I would, yeah. We don't have lots of quiet around here, so I think I can see where a quiet day together would be really lovely. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. If that if that's what is nurturing your souls, then I think that sounds perfect. So, one, one of the things. For sharing. So, college yeah. basketball, the Kansas Jayhawks winning this program, but Kansas basketball in in college basketball history, off to a great start. It's going well. Jeff's team, the Gonzaga Zags. They beat Kentucky last night, and that's a really great thing. I texted Jeff out in Washington State, and he told me that he and Major were at the game. And no, he didn't say that. That would have been fine. That would have been fine. But he was watching it. I'll tell you that. So yes. Yeah. Oh, fine. Well, I'll tell you then if we're we're celebrating sporting events this week. Let me just make sure and tell you. I want to make sure everybody knows that the Roswell Hornets are playing in round three of the playoffs. So uh, they're headed down to Thomasville, play Thomas County Central High School. So uh, we're, we're cheering for the Hornets on Friday night too. It'll be a Friday big, night. big night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a huge game. So there's, this is the third round and there's a semifinals? This is the third round and then there's the fourth round and then is the title game. So okay. we're, we're hoping for, we're hoping to go all the way. This is the year, we're ready, we're ready. <laughs> well, that's awesome, <laughs> so, good luck. Thanks, Lindsay. Well, thanks. Thanks for the green. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we'll be back next week and when and we're gonna start our Advent sermon series on Sunday. And we're looking forward to that, looking at the Magnificent. So we um I hope that everybody has a really lovely week and I hope this week will will nourish you wherever it is that you are. And Scott, we are so, so grateful for you. Thanks for sharing with us today. We really appreciate it. My joy. Blessings to everybody. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.